Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Coffee Time with Byron. This is episode number 48. I am your host, Byron. We are broadcasting live on YouTube and available next day on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other apps I'm not sure of yet. But alongside me via Zoom is former NHL referee Paul Dvorsky. How are you doing today? Are you staying safe? And how's life been since being retired? Uh, it's been good. I've actually been really busy. Uh, I just got home today. I was at a game in Washington last night. And once I retired, they hired me as a supervisor to go watch the officials. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was down there last night, watched the officials, and came home today, and I'm heading to Philadelphia tomorrow night. Well, there you go. So what is your role now? Has Are you like an ambassador in the games with the many years you've been refereeing? What are you to the game nowadays? Um, basically, I work with all the young referees that we've hired. So mm-hmm. if they're on a game, they'll sign me to a game where the young refs are on. And uh, I'll go watch and critique them and... Uh, you know, try to help them out, you know, as they go along. Because, you know, yeah, I know I needed help when I first started, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, it says right here you started your first, you refereed your first NHL game October of 1989. Go figure, on this day. Go figure, October 14th. Go figure. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, same day. Well, that's what I'm here reading here. You refereed your first game. So take us through that. Take us through that. What was it like refereeing your first game, and how were you trained to know the rules compared to how different they are to this day? Well, let's just say back then, I didn't call very much. Mm-hmm. Um, like we had a – our standard wasn't that tight. So uh, you probably let a lot more of the, the slashing on the hands and and uh, stuff like that go. And uh, I remember that night though it was in Hartford, mm-hmm. and uh, Joel Quenville was playing on defense for Hartford. Uh, the coach for Edmonton was on the team. Uh, what's his name? Brett Gretzky? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. And uh, Kay Whitmore, who works now for the NHL, he was a net. He was a goaltender. So it's pretty good to, you know, look back on those memories. I, I brought my dad down to the game in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Brought him in from golf. And it was a one-man system for referees and I had Kevin Collins and Brian Murphy on the lines with me so yeah it was a different uh, different era back then because like I said we didn't we didn't call a lot of a lot of penalties you know we kind of let stuff go until it erupted and then we got involved so now you 
before you retired, you sort of refereed into the newer rules, what they are today. Which uh, did you Which did you write better as a referee? The no calls that you said you had to hardly make when, uh, back when you started? Or before you retired, the rules changing to what they are now? Which did you like calling? Which did you like calling better? I mean, I like the older style because that's the way I was. You know, let them play. Mm. You know, when somebody breaks an uh, wrist or whatever, okay, I'll call a penalty. Um, but I can see what they're doing today now because the game, like even last night, the game was just. It's all about speed now. Mm-hmm. No touching and grabbing, and there's hardly any, you know. Well, we did have a lot of penalties last night because it was New York and Washington. Right, right. And we we're we we're expecting a big payback from uh, on Tom Wilson, but nothing happened. And uh, but usually, I find for now, like. We only have about five penalties a game on a, on an average night because it's all about speed. Mm-hmm. We don't have many scrums anymore on the ice, you know, where guys are mucking around and wanting to fight. Like, we don't have that. Very seldom do we have that now. Now, since you lived it, I know you weren't a player, but you lived it because you were right there on the ice with them and you watched him do it. What's your stance on fighting? Did you like seeing them fight? Did you want to break them up? How? What, what was your stance on the fighting? Did you enjoy that, watching them do that? My my thought was to let them go. Like, let the two guys fight. Mm-hmm. And if somebody was getting, you know, bothered or getting the shit back, it, you know, out of them, the lines would jump in right away. Mm-hmm. You know, get guys hurt, we got to get in, or bang, he took a good shot to the head, like, we got to get in there. So, mm-hmm. But for the most part, we would let them go, and then they would pick themselves up and go to the box. <laughs> so, how... So, when the fight does break out, and it does happen... So if the if the player isn't knocked out completely, you just let them go for. Is there a time limit you let them go for if they don't break it up? Like what happens in the scrummage there? Because I know the refs hear what the fight hear what they go on. Well, they'll jump in right away if if they think somebody's hurt. Like right away if they think there was a knockout punch, they'll Mm -hmm. jump out. But if there's two guys going at it. Like they usually tire themselves out, and then that's when you guys break throwing, in, and then they're not throwing punches anymore, and they're hanging on, and then the guys, our guys, will jump in because they both had enough, and they just want to go sit in the box. So, yeah. what what would you say out of your career? I know you've been a part of some memorable games. Is there one that particularly stands out to you the most that you refereed, that you remember the most? Well, there's probably two games. was Game 7 of 1989 Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Mm -hmm. 
Seven between 64th and 5th in uh, Detroit. And uh, I remember I brought my son Luke, 13 year old. He was 13 year old, brought him to the game and got him to seat somewhere. And I just remember that game was, you know, unbelievable. And like right to the last three seconds, Lindstrom was right. I'm, I'm thinking he's going to tie it up. And he shoots, and I, I think it was Flurry. Flurry comes over, makes a save, bang, and it was game over, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty cool game. But the other one involves <laughs> uh, Detroit again, and it's Detroit and Colorado. And I don't know if you ever seen it. It was the night they brawled all over the ice, the goalies. I mean, I think it was payback for Claude Demieux. Darren McCarty went after Claude Demieux and just hit the crap out of him. And, I think I actually do remember that game. <laughs> yes. And I was very stubborn. And I'm thinking, you know what? Payback is a bitch. And... Uh, I should have thrown Darren out, but I gave him two friends to get him, five for fighting and a 10 minute misconduct. And, uh, you know what? I just remember Brian Burke was my boss. Mm-hmm. He called me the next day and said, You think you could have called a couple more penalties? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and but and it's funny I just saw Darren McCarty uh, last week when I was in Detroit and he looked at me and he just came over and gave me a big hug and, and he wanted to take a picture with me with his cell phone so I mean that was pretty cool so you were part of before you retired you were part of the NHL lockout season in 04 and 05. Going into that season, what did the NHL tell you as referees? And when did you guys know you guys would be going back into the, the full season? Um, we didn't find out until, about, until the news was released. Mm-hmm. So we found out, like... Days, days before we knew we were going back, and then they set up a training camp for us so the guys could come back in and get on the ice and that, and uh, and then we went from there. In your in your mind, did you think you want to retire uh, during that, or did you want to wait it out and then continue on your career like you did at the time of the lockout? Or yeah, I was. I wasn't ready to retire. I mean, people said, you know, how did did you like your job? I said, well, it really wasn't a job because I was out on the ice having fun and enjoying what I did. And, you know, you're talking to players, you're talking to coaches. and I mean, it, it wasn't a job for me. I mean, it paid well, but, you know... I mean, the bad part of it was you missed back back then. You know, you'd have to fly out on Christmas Day, 
you know, you wouldn't be home for New Year's Eve, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, that's all covered. The guys are all home for that now. So you officiated, it looks like, the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. What was that experience like in officiating the Olympic Games with the country? You, you... Um, it was, I mean, in Canada, it was really good. Was it, was, it different, was it a different set of rules than the NHL? Did you have to learn a whole new set of rules? No, they basically went by the same set of rules that we, we play by. Um, except for the fighting rules and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they don't allow fighting in that. In, in that, and uh, but I always remember the Torino Olympics in 2006, mm-hmm. and I end up getting being lucky to do the gold medal game. And I think it was between Finland and. Finland and Czechoslovakia. Sweden, actually. Close. What? Close. What Sweden. 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 Yeah. Sweden and Czech. Yep. And I just remember after Sweden won, like Matt Sunbeam just coming over, like running and hugging me because he had won. <laughs> so anytime I saw any of the guys back in the NHL when I was working, like they were all my buddies, mm-hmm. you know, because they yeah. won a gold medal, and yeah, that was pretty cool. So then, what? Now let's go with this. You officiated your final game, 2015, in Philadelphia. What do you remember from that night? Because you guys were playing. You guys had the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers. What do you remember about that night? Well. As you know, Philly has some pretty tough fans. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, they do. So we started the game, and first three or four penalties that I called all went against Philly. And uh, they were at the end, at the start of the second period, they were supposed to do something on the jumbotron showing me that all the horse was retiring mm-hmm. and so i remember the guy calling me over with about two minutes left to go in the first and said paul uh, we're gonna hold off on that uh showing that <laughs> because the fans are a little so they ended up showing it in the third period on a commercial break. And, I mean, I give the fans credit. They did give me a good round of applause. They didn't boo or anything like that. Did you think it was going so, to be a boo? Well, I, I wasn't sure, you know. <laughs> um, but as you know, Philly and Pittsburgh, go, they don't get along anyways when they no. play each other. No. So, no. And, uh, but, then, yeah, it was a good night. My whole family was down and that, so... Went out for dinner after the game. Was there a player in your career that ever gave you the fits? Who gave you the fits the most as as a referee that you always threw in the box, you gave penalties to? Who was the player <laughs> that always gave you the fits? Uh, I don't know. There was really never anybody that bad. I mean, 
you knew the guys that were going to take penalties, but mm-hmm. like I would say, like Claude Lemieux was like he was sneaky. You had to watch him, you know. But he 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 really didn't say much when he got in the box. He took his penalty, you know, and. Uh, for the most part, they were very respectful. Like, they didn't say much when they got in the box, you know. They were more mad at the other player than they were more mad at me. You know? <laughs> I, I, I could see so. that. I could see that. But there's got to be a little stick in them that's got to be mad at the ref, too, a little bit for calling that oh, and seeing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you know what? There was, there was times, like, a coach like John Tortorella. Oh God! I, I okay, yeah. yeah, I can see that. And I had him one night. He was coaching Vancouver, and it was against Anaheim. And he had two players that just went nuts at one stoppage, and they both got seven minutes each. Oh. Okay. Huh. So Anaheim's on a five-on-three for seven minutes. And Tortorella just called me over. She's like, you know, he's screaming at me, da da da. He says, you don't have the, you don't have the balls to kick me out of the game. I said, yeah, Torts, I do. <laughs> I said, but I said I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep you on the bench so I can watch your team get their ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you say uh, to that? What do you say to that after you told him? And he just kind of looked at me, and but to give Torch credit, when I came out at the start of the next period, he called his table, get over here. And he came over to me and he says, he grabbed my hand and shook it. He says, We're cool, right? Torch, it's all forgotten. And uh, to this day, like he's. He's one of the best coaches I've ever ref. You know that? I got to respect. Yeah, John Tortorell. So who who were the coaches that got to you under your skin? Were there any? I know we ought to talk about players, but what about coaches besides Tortorella? And he joked with you on that, but any other coaches? Yeah. Uh... Mike Babcock used to get a little upset, you know. I could see that one. He's tempered. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who else? I mean, I remember Joel Quinville going after, going at me one night, and uh, and then the next game I saw him. He just started kind of calling me over, was kind of laughing about it, and he says, "Sorry for losing it on you," you know. I just uh, don't worry, Joel. We're good. Or I call him. I call him Q. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, that was oh, you know, uh, Scotty Bowman was unbelievable in Detroit. You know, every time I see him, you know, he wants to talk about you know, you know, when we did the finals with him and all that. Because he won a few cups mm-hmm. while he was in Detroit, so yeah, yeah, Scotty Bowman was a good one. Now, when you're on the ice skating with the players, I know you guys try to stay far away from the players. 
how often is it that you guys ever get hurt from a player ever like coming coming at you mistakenly you know if they get bored into the boards or what do you guys ever get hurt a lot uh i would say not a lot but yes it does happen mm-hmm. um where a guy will like the alliance at the blue line and guys skating and all of a sudden he loses his, and then he you know he's he's he falls down and starts sliding but he takes that linesman out mm-hmm. and he goes back flying i mean that happens you know which was purely accidental but um I remember one night, where the hell was it? Oh, I was in Detroit again. Uh, I took a puck in the air mm. and took 23 stitches. Ugh. I went Ugh. in, in between periods, and laid down, they stitched me up, and I went back out and did the third. Gamer. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they got... I mean... I was kind of dumb on my part because like, I probably could have had a concussion or something from getting a puck like that. True, you know, so. but you're a gamer at least. You went you went in there and stuck it out. Yeah. Not I many people to, would. I wanted to finish it up. So. What's your what's your uh, relationship with uh, the only other official I know besides you, uh, Wes Bicoli? How is he as a, an official? Did you train him or... We, did you do a lot of games with him? How how was how was your relationship with Wes McCauley? Well, you know what? It's funny because I Wes was doing the game last night in Washington. Mm-hmm. I supervised, and when I got hired in 1987, mm-hmm. it was Wes's father, John McCauley, who hired me, mm-hmm. who was the boss at the time. Right. And then he died. He died uh, suddenly about three or four years later. Mm-hmm. And then Wes got into the business. And yeah, I got to work a lot with Wes. And I have a great, I mean, I have, he's probably one of the officials I have a great relationship with. The best relationship, you know. I mean, he called me today. We talked about last night's game because there was a lot of penalties. And I'm going to see him tomorrow night when I go down to Philly. And uh, but he's good. He's a good. Uh, he's a great ref, and he's a good people person too. Now let's talk a little about about today's game and some teams. If I, if you don't mind, for instance, my Lightning, since I live in the area. How many games did you ever get to officiate of theirs? And any any good games that you refereed with them? Did you any referee any of the playoff games that they had going their first Stanley Cup year? Uh, what year was that? Oh four. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that's the year I had neck surgery. Oh, okay. And I missed it. Yeah. And uh, they played Carolina that year, right? Yeah, they did. I think. Yep. Yeah. And I was supposed to work the finals that year. And because I had the next surgery, I missed out. So. Happens. But I, 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 I got to Tampa multiple times every year. And I just loved going down there. You know, we stayed at the hotel. 
and then you walk right across the street to the arena. It was great. Now, I've been in the crowd where the fans are rowdy. You were on the ice plenty of times and witnessed that. Is are they as rowdy? Are they as rowdy as let's say a lot of people are saying this is hockey town now, not Detroit? Okay. <laughs> Do you, would you would you think that the same way with the crowd? Um, I mean in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I mean they're they were loud, but I didn't think they were you know over the top. Like you know they were you could definitely hear them, but. You know, it didn't bother you. You know, it's just, it got you up for the game because you heard all this noise, you know. And, uh, but it definitely got louder and louder as as the series went on, you know. Now, in your career, did you have any controversial calls that people might think was controversial that went against the team or a team that you, that you uh, officiated? Yeah, I remember one call. It was game seven. And it was Washington and Philadelphia. And Bruce Boudreaux was coaching Washington at the time. Mm-hmm. And my best friend growing up was George McKee, mm-hmm. who was the GM for Washington at the time. And the game went into overtime, and I remember calling a trip against Washington, and Philadelphia scored the winning goal in overtime. And, like, I just felt sick to my stomach after the game. You know, because it was Bruce who was my neighbor who lived on the same street with me, who was coaching in Washington. Mm-hmm. And then George, one of my best friends. So, like, I I remember driving home that night and George called me. And uh, I'm pretty sure I broke down. Because I felt so bad. Mm. So the next day, I get a knock on the door. And I open it up. Mm-hmm. And it's Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> there you go. Dan is there. He goes, hey, we're still buddies, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, that one stands out. So, so... Take us through like a bad call. Like what the, what what happens? Is it just like call of a moment thing where you like, you think you're doing the right call, you think you made the right call, but then you go back and look at the game before there was replay, and then now that there's replay, and then you say you made the wrong call after you watched the replay. How much does that really sting? Well, you really don't get to see the replay when you're doing the game mm-hmm. but you do afterwards but there's times in the game where I remember Brad which I think it was Brad Richards was calling was coaching Columbus and I called a penalty against their team mm-hmm. 
And I put, and as soon as I put my arm up, I just, I said, oh, like, that's not a penalty. Like, the guy, he didn't trip him, he stumbled, you know, and the guy's stick was right there. But because my arm was up, I mean, I had to call the penalty. So I went over to the bench to talk to Brad. Look, I said, Brad, I'm so sorry. I said, that was the worst freaking call ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I see, you know, I'm sorry. He says, don't worry, don't worry, people. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So I turn around, I put my, get my hands on my knees, ready for the face-off. And all I hear behind me is Brad Richards. Okay, guys, let's kill this one off for Devo. There you go. There you go. There you go. And I look at him, and he's smiling at me. And I'm like, you know, so, I mean, I find when when you're totally honest with them, mm-hmm. when you just tell them. Right. Just say, hey, right. Right. You know, instead of trying to sugarcoat it and say, well, you know, it's the right call. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the right call. Now, is there, out of all the penalties that are in the game, is there one that you really hate calling the most that that really, really, really sucks sucks life out of the game? Is there one that you hate the most in the rule book? No, I... I I think all the penalties are legit, you know. The one penalty I wish that was called more was embellishment. Because I find these guys, you know, they get a little little hit and all of a sudden, you know, their legs go. Mm-hmm. And the guy hit them on the shoulder, like, briefly. Oh, yeah, flop like flopping, like what the NBA has. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, or like the guys in soccer, like it's, it's terrible. Yeah. And I tell our guys, like, if you get the chance, don't call both. Just take the one guy for embellishment, for diving. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that, you know, we got to get rid of out of our game, you know? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like it in any sport, but a lot of people still do it. A lot of athletes still try and get away with it. Like you said, soccer's the main culprit, and so is so is basketball. Yeah. Right. It's ridiculous. But I agree. Um, <clears throat> so, in in your in your in your career, like you said, you've had the chance to be a part of some big games, the winter the winter games, these. Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, out of those series, what what out of those series that you called, what would you say? Any of those games that you remember the most? Like, is there one game in particular out of both those series that you remember? And what was it? What was the question again? Out of the Olympics that you called in the Stanley Cup Finals, you called. Is out of the the games, all the games that they took place in those series, which one? Which, what what do you what do you remember most about them, and what was the most memorable? Oh, probably that one in Detroit, Game Seven, with Pittsburgh and uh, Detroit. 
when uh, they won 3-2. And uh, like I said, I think it was 2009 that it was. And, uh, you know, I had my son there and everything. And, like, just everything went well that night, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, there was no screw-ups or nothing. So, I think it worked well. <laughs> so, what's... Like, uh, like, like we got into a little bit of lightning. I know you still keep up with it because, you, you know, obviously you're... You help the officials, uh, and you go to the games. Is there a team that you think will stand out the most this year? I know it's early in the season because it's only like two two games two yeah two games in for a lot of teams. What yeah. te- what team do you think will stand out this year, and what will be an underdog team? Well, I think the Islanders are going to have a strong team. Mm-hmm. Like they were one game, one game of winning from putting Tampa Bay out, and you know who knows if they would have won in the finals. But right, they were that close. That they were that close, and they have a great GM and Lou Lamarillo, and they have a great coach in Barry Trotz. Right, like two of them are both great people. Right. Other than that, I, I mean, I would think Tampa, I mean, not really after their first game because they didn't look good. No, they didn't. After Pittsburgh beat them. No. Uh, but I would think they'll be right back in the hunt, you know. I would think Vegas and Colorado are strong contenders in the West, you know. What about the new team, the Kraken? That's a lot of hype on them. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I don't know much about them, but I'm going to see them this uh, Monday night. I have another game in Philadelphia, and Seattle's playing there. So There you go. Yeah. And actually, my daughter saw that Seattle's playing, and she said, Dad, I'm going to that game. Mm-hmm. So There you go. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because, I mean, expansion draft, First time NHL has had 32 teams. First time. It's going to be interesting to, for them to actually see them because this this is a team formed of one one of one player from each teams. Right. So, it's, I mean, they got, uh, let's see, who was it from the Bolts? They got Yanni Gord, who's one hell of a player. Oh, yeah, right. And I forget who else they got, but, I mean, they're going to be an interesting team. The one sleeper team, I would probably have to say, I don't know if you agree, I would have to say might be, I, I would say Anaheim Ducks, because they got, they got Shattenkirk from, they got Shattenkirk from the Bolts, and I think... He will be a veteran presence to help that team get to the next level. I don't know if you, yeah. I don't know if you think or can think that, but I think they'll be a sleeper team. Do you have a sleeper team? Uh, not really, because I haven't really. Like I said uh, last night was my first regular season game, and uh, I 
really don't know what to think of any of the teams right now. You know, I wouldn't be able to tell who's going to be placed where or whatever, you know. Like, I'm interested to see how Philly's going to do tomorrow night, you know, um, and stuff like that. So, so what What was because you, you, you started in the 80s and worked your way up into the 90s and 2000s. What would you say the main difference from the players are from yesteryear to today? Is it speed? Is it uh, strength? What is it? What tall uh, shortness? What is it? What's the difference that you've seen in those players from years from well, on? Back in the day, you had six foot five guys. Great big 240 pound guys playing, and and it was all about strength and you know being able to hit and you know you had to be able to fight and but now the game the game has changed. It's all about speed, and if you notice, like all the players are probably a little smaller because they're so fast now, you know. I mean, we still have big, big, lean, tall defensemen, but we don't have the great, big strapping guys, you know, that we used to have on the ice. And uh, I think it's just all about the speed of the game now and how the game's transitioned. And, you know, it's a good game to watch now. I mean, I mean, obviously people miss the fighting and that, but some people don't. And uh, I think for the most part, everybody likes the way the game is being played right now. Now, if you if you were not retired to this day, with the Olympics coming up, would you have liked to call called games in the Olympics coming up? Because I think they're in what uh, Beijing this Be- year. Yeah, Beijing. Yeah. Um. Well, I was lucky to call in Torino and lucky to call in Vancouver. So I would say at this, you know, I would think it'd be time for somebody else to get a good shot at doing the Olympics, you know, and going over and doing it. Like, I mean, I've done two Olympics. That's enough. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to do another one, but, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that would love to go and do the Olympics. Now, how did that process get picked out? Has how did they pick pick out the officials? Did they did our Olympic committee? Did countries of uh, Olympic committees pick you guys out? How 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 did that go? How do you remember it going? The process going? No, the NHL, our NHL uh, guys, they will pick the guys that they're going to send to Beijing. But they, any, we had a big email come out that anybody who was interested in going to Beijing to fill out all these forms because they needed all this stuff filled out. Mm. So they'll go through that and see who wants to go. And then they'll, you know, they'll send over the three or four reps or three or four lines when they're going to go over and that'll be it. Now, last topic before we head off. I got to ask you, last year they played with no fans in the bubble. 
how would that how 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 do you think that would have if you were calling games would you have liked that atmosphere with no fans or would you have liked the booing cheering whatever goes on in a game oh i think i think everybody from the players the coaches to the reps love the booing and the yelling and the cheering uh what goes on in the game you know it just it just kind of pumps you up you know and in the bubble it was just a totally different different atmosphere because it was just so quiet and there was nobody in the stands and we were all watching games we were standing down by the glass or we were up in the press box and like I went to Washington last night and I was walking to the hotel, to the arena, which was six blocks away. And I just started looking around and I went, wow, are things ever back to normal? Because like the bar, the door, the bars were all, you know, they had open doors that they were all full and everybody had a red Washington jersey on, you know, and it was just crazy downtown. You know, and you could tell that hockey was back. Now, since you were close to the league uh, last year, did you were you there for any of those games? Did they allow you to help with the other referees? Were you allowed to go into the bubble? I was in I was in the bubble in Toronto for sixty days. I was there until they went to Edmonton for the finals. And I was actually up, yeah, in the bubble for 61, 61 days. So that was a pretty long time to be away from home. I bet. I, I bet you yeah. I bet you wanted to get home right away, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that was brutal. I couldn't imagine that. But, unfortunately- but you know what? Give the guys credit. Got through it. And, you know. Nobody was complaining after the Stanley Cup was handed out, and you know. Yeah. But now we were getting back to normal. So, one last question. One last question before we let you go. Uh, since you're tri- since you're helping these young referees out, and forever who's watching this, whoever wants to be a referee. What do you want to say to whoever wants to be a referee and what's the way to getting into the game as a referee? How does that process go about? How can they do that? Well, it depends where you live, but I would get a hold of your local hockey referee department, you know, whatever what city you live, find out and tell them but first of all there is referee schools out there that anybody wants to go to but Don Koharski has ran one for years and uh, uh, there is definitely referee schools out there and it's funny you mention that because I'm going to go to a game in Hershey on Sunday in the American League and we have our first female referee working. Ah, there you go. There yeah. You go. And 
Um, I met her. I met her up at the training camp, and I'm so excited for her. You know, I uh, just I can't wish to, you know anything but the best for her. Yeah, because I don't think there's one in the NHL right now, is there? <laughs> oh, we we don't have one. Yeah, that's what I uh, thought. Yeah, we don't have a linesman referee either, and uh, but we did when I went to the American League uh, training camp. They had two. Uh, female linesman there, which was great, you know. So I'm, re- I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching this gr- uh, girl referee on Sunday. Yeah, because I think right now you guys in Major League Baseball are the only two sports that don't have a female ref, uh, ref slash ump uh, oh, right be. now in the league. Because I think the NBA, yeah. I think the NBA has one or two, and then I know for a fact NFL does. Because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them on the on some of the games. So I oh, know okay. for a fact yeah. NFL does. So that'd well, be, that'd that, be awesome. I think that's what we're striving for, like to find the best female we can and hire her in the NHL. So. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I, I I couldn't see why not get a former maybe get a former player get a former oh, yeah. player as a referee. Yeah. I could see that. Oh yeah, for sure. Because she knows the game, and well, and now that you said that, most of the girls that are officiating are all ex players that played Division One hockey and right and, and the co- national team or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I could so. I could see that happening. And honestly, most of the guys that we hire now out of the combine that we have in August, they're all ex-hockey players. They're coming out of the American League. They're coming out of OHL, the WHL. They're all ex-players. So it works for us. Do you find it easier to – do you find it easier that way to have – to referee anything is if you played something like that. Um, oh my god! You find it easier that way because for one, I don't know if you played. Did you ever play? I Did... I, I played uh, like I played myself, me, George McPhee, Brian McCollum. Uh, we played on uh, junior eighteen in Guelph, mm-hmm. you know, and we ended up winning the Centennial Cup. And George went on to Bowling Green and. Uh, Brian McCollum, he went on some other school, and they both went pro, and I went pro too, but as a referee. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I found that having the playing experience really helped me as refereeing. Now, what about your brother? I see your brother is an NHL linesman. How's that going? Is he still is he, is he still in the NHL? Uh, he is, but... Um, uh, Greg, he just had back surgery about three months ago, and he's not doing so well right now. So I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see him work this year. So, you, you yeah. think, do you think I, I he'll talk. work again? What's that? Do you think he'll work again? Uh, I don't think so. I just think for the quality of life. You know, he needs to be pain-free and, like, there's no sense trying to get back on the ice with a bad back like that. Like, they put two big two big screws in the middle of his back and 
Brutal. Yeah, poor guy. Like, he's in a lot of things. Mm. Yeah, I if I was him, I wouldn't come back. But, hey, I mean, yeah. if he loves the sport, though, he probably will. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know, knowing him, he will. What, what advice would you give him, though? No, I just told him, I said, Greg, just take your time. And I said, you don't have to come back. I said, you know what, just make sure you're healthy. Get well. And he said, yeah, I know. He's just, because I know he's not uncomfortable. He's in a lot of pain. And, I mean, he just wants to get rid of the pain. And I don't blame him. I would, too. I mean, yeah. I would. Yeah. Especially, ooh, something like that. Oh. That's brutal. Now, did he get that? Yeah. Did he get that in game, doing a game, or how did he get? How did he get that? I have no idea. I don't know what happened. Whether he fell on the ice or what, but could have been a long term thing. And then uh, he finally went in. Doctor says you need surgery, and they went and did it. And he uh, he just started therapy last week. And that was four to six weeks after his operation. So mm, that's brutal. Yeah. Hey, uh, I gotta say it was an awesome conversation. Again, I thank you. It was awesome. All right, man. Um, yes. You're more than more than happy to come on. I got your contact info. I'll text you. Um, but yeah, you're more than welcome to come on as many times as you want if you don't mind doing that. All right, man. Thanks. Enjoy. Thanks for inviting me. Definitely. And uh, if you want, I'll send you a copy of the episode so you can listen to it if you want. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Perfect. All right. All right. You be safe. You have a, you, you have a good weekend. Uh, tell your brother be safe, too. Don't do anything stupid. Get yeah. healthy first before deciding anything. <laughs> yeah. But you, all right. you have a good night, all right? All right, thank you. No problem. Goodbye. <laughs> Paul Dvorsky, everybody. That concludes episode number 48 of Coffee Time. Fun talking with him about the rules of the game. He played it, played it for about 20 years, 20, 25 years. Great conversation. So this concludes this episode. You all stay safe. Have a good night.